Because we live in a Puritan police state, we are obliged to inform you that we may sometimes use explicit language. If you are looking for more of that, you can find us on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook, or visit our website at wihhw.com. Now that you've been informed, things are about to get weird. Welcome to what I had heard was, I am Jennifer. I'm Anna. And I'm Diane. And this week... We are talking about Afro Ben. Ooh. Badass ladies. Continuing our theme. Really excited. I'm very excited. You sound excited. I really, this is my excited (laughs) voice. Well, let me tell you, I left, I left late to come home and I got stuck in traffic. And well, as soon as I left and started coming home, like everything went downhill, but I got stuck in traffic. I started wondering like if my dash cam has audio and I, I really hope it doesn't. I think about that a lot actually because my dad put my dash cam in because he's a police officer okay. and I'm thinking like yeah is, is he like just recording everything I'm doing just for his own spy habits? It's his spiness. Uh, that would swear my money. I would put my money on that. Because I would test it and every now and then just say some like random ass shit, you know, and if something actually gets back to you, then you're like, mm-hmm. give me half a pound of cocaine. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> what do you mean, dad? I don't, I have no idea what a reasonable amount of cocaine is. <laughs> I feel like that might be excessive. No, you would hear me be like half a pound of mac and cheese. <laughs> Stat. <laughs> oh, that's just Diane being Diane again. <laughs> there is no bad macaroni well there is bad macaroni and cheese i have had bad macaroni and cheese i take that back i've never had a bad grilled cheese mm. we're all thinking about it i know <laughs> right mm. i've eaten a lot of grilled cheese sandwiches over my life and i'm sure at some point one of them had to have been like oh that was that was the worst actually yes i have had a bad macaroni and cheese but it was at a school lunch in like fourth grade and it's because mm. it's like kids don't want to eat whatever school lunch they had then you get this grilled cheese sandwich but it's like they made the grilled cheese sandwich at breakfast mm-hmm. and so then it's like <laughs> so all the bread in the middle gets real soggy and then just kind of fuses in with the cheese and then the crust is like really hard around the outside so you have to like chew through this crust just so that you can get to the cheese and bread white bread mixture that just clamps your mouth shut it, you gnaw through until you can get to the congealed part of your sandwich. Yeah, yeah. Yum, so, yum. so yeah, that was pretty bad. Um, but since I learned how to make my own grilled cheese sandwiches, I have yet to have a bad grilled cheese sandwich. Yeah, I'm sure I probably have. Like if it's cooked in like a dirty surface, you know, where it picks up flavor or something else. I don't like that or greasy. I had pancakes one time that tastes like onion rings. Huh. Yeah. Joel had pancakes that came with onions in them, like not (laughs) potato pancakes, but regular pancakes. Yeah, that's unsavory. To say the least. I had pancakes for dinner. Did you? Yeah, it was delightful. Hot chicken. What'd you have, Diane? I had little hot dogs wrapped up in crescent rolls. Oh my God, that's (laughs) awesome. When? 
I was thinking as I was doing it, I was like, I'm an adult, you know, just winning at life. <laughs> you are, though. Those are still amazing. I don't care how old you are. Those are delicious. There was a milestone today for me. I purposefully ate something vegan. It was pretty good. It was pizza, <laughs> supreme pizza. I purposely ate something vegan. Supreme pizza? So what was... Yeah, it wasn't real meat. It was like vegan substitute. Yeah, it's back to that cheese thing again for me, though. Like, I I probably could go vegan if I could eat regular cheese, which is hypocritical, so... You could be a vegetarian. What is a vegan with minus cheese? Like vegan light? (laughs) So speaking of vegans, (laughs) speaking of vegans, can I tell you about my badass lady that I heard about this week? Yes, please. Cool. Her name is Afra Ben. Afra Ben. What an interesting name, That's my middle name. (laughs) I wanted to tell you about Afra Ben because... She is a badass lady that was known for making her living as a writer. She's one of the first women who ever did that. I thought that was super cool. She was somebody who made her living from her creativity, which is something we all do too. So I really related to that. Can you imagine how much harder she had to work than everybody else to be acknowledged in that time as a writer? So first off, when was she alive? And then second off, did she uh, write under her own name or did she have like a, a pen name, like a dude's name or something so that people actually bought her stuff? So those are great questions. The first, I'm going to tell you all about her life because writing wasn't actually her first job. So she kind of failed at the first thing that she thought she was going to make her living at and it kind of forced her into writing. So I want to tell you all about that. But I don't know if she had a pen name, not to my knowledge. One of the things about her was that a lot of the facts of her life are a little bit jumbled. You know, people think different things, which is happens a lot, right? When we hear things, this is pretty much a podcast about that. Exactly. Right. What we heard and what's true. Oh, definitely. I think over time it changes. You add on like somebody does something awesome or something very cool. And then they're like, oh, and also as though the accomplishment she really achieved wasn't enough. Right. Right. And it was groundbreaking. Like you said, it uh, first female to do this. So Afra Ben was born around 1640 in Kent, England. I guess I, I don't really know the exact date, but her father was a barber and her mother was a wet nurse. She wasn't born into wealth, but she made connections with wealthy people because her parents worked for them. So like her mom was a wet nurse for a family that was wealthy. So she essentially grew up with little kid friends that were pretty wealthy and they became like family themselves. It's good to have friends. Yeah, that pretty much starts her off on this whole path as she became really close to this young boy that her mother was a wet nurse for. He eventually, as they grew up, connected her to her first career, which was as a spy during, yeah, it was a spy. (laughs) Anna just made a surprised face. What? Um, And it was during the political unrest in England, first the English Civil War, and then the second Dutch Anglo War. And she somehow got involved 
this is the part where we're not really sure of the details, but she somehow got involved with secretly carrying messages back and forth between parties who were trying to reinstate the throne at the time in England. How cool. And I'm, I'm going to assume that that's because she had these, she was wealthy adjacent. So it's like she right. could get information, but people weren't really paying attention to her because she was lower class and they're like, what good are you kind of a thing. Right. Perfect for what she wants to do though. How do you just like, you know what? I'm going to be a spy. Hook me up. Like, or is it like, Hey, I really like you, dude. And he's all like, Hey, do this stuff for me. And she's like, Ugh, fine. <laughs> fine. <laughs> it seemed like she really had her eyes on it because for a while she tried to be a spy for the King. She went over to Antwerp and she that's just a funny name by the way <laughs> Antwerp uh, she went over there and she started flirting with this guy to get information like about the Dutch during the Anglo-Dutch war so she came back and she told King Charles II everything that she learned from being over there and flirting with this guy <laughs> getting chummy with this guy so she must have had a way about her right yeah yeah, I mean, guys have always thought with their dicks. So, you know, you get bat your eyes yeah. a little bit and you can rule a country. Shake your booty. Get a drink at the bar. Yeah. I'm sure she went over there and she backed it up and he was like. <laughs> <laughs> backing up, backing up, backing up, backing up. Whatever happened to that? You just brought it back up. I hope I did. Backed up. Backed up. So here's where things start to go a little arrive for Miss Afra Ben. She was carrying messages to King Charles II, but he already knew all the information that she was bringing to him because he had like other spies out there that were bringing him the same thing. So it was pretty much useless information. (laughs) Oh, yeah. All that flirting for nothing. Right. I mean, I hope she had a good time doing it is all I'm saying. Yeah, hopefully she got some free drinks out of it or something at least, you know. So while she was out being a spy, she got stuck in whatever country she was in. It was unclear to me. People probably know, but it was unclear to me where she was. I don't know if she was in Africa or if she was, what's Dutch? Like a Dutch colony or like where is? Where is Dutch? it's in the netherlands so like you know amsterdam and holland so maybe she was in one of those places (laughs) wherever dutch is (laughs) who's to say who's to say (laughs) so she got but she got stuck there because her finance e whoever she was working with see i'm super detailed on this one he left so she no longer had any money wherever she got stuck And as a result, she got put in debtor's prison. Oh, that's no good. Yeah. That's crazy. Just the whole concept of debtor's prison is insane. Well, I mean, I hate to say it, but we kind of have, we kind of have a system like that now where if you can't pay your bail, then you have to be in prison. It's not exactly the same thing, but it's still, it's like, it's expensive to be poor. So it is. It really is. And you're not getting the legal representation you would if you had money. So also, you know, you're going in. It just makes the poor more poor. Yep. Well, she got her way out of there 
and I bet you can guess how she made her living to get out of prison. Wink, wink. Wink. Wink, wonk. <laughs> wink, wink. Speaking of wank, yeah, she wrote, she started writing and she made money to get herself out of debtor's prison and back to England. This badass lady. So wait a minute. She's writing while she's in prison, right? Because how else would she get out? Mm -hmm. Who's taking her writing? I guess back then, like anybody could mosey in and talk to you. It's not like it is now. The way I see it, she was writing in her little prison cell with the little window with the bars on it that looks out to the street. And this little tiny mouse (laughs) with a top hat came by and he took her writing from her and ran off to the printing press. And the printing press person, Jimmy said oh you've got my weekly submission and that's how it happened (laughs) i read about frederick the mouse in reader's digest frederick that's such a good name so do you think jimmy thought that frederick was the one that was giving him all these stories yeah otherwise he wouldn't have printed it right it's got to be male yeah right because he's like right Oh my god, a vagina wrote this? <laughs> Look at the balls on that mouse. He must be a good writer. Can you imagine your vagina? Uh, I believe I saw a vagina writer um, at a sideshow one time. It was uh, down in TJ. It's Tijuana for the lay person. For all you noobs. Throwing that out there. So where was I? Okay. She started writing, got herself out of prison, got herself back to England, And as she got back, it was during the Great Fire and the Great Plague in England. So she just sort of like quietly slipped back into society and kept on writing. What a horrible time to go back to a city. But it's kind of brilliant because you just can, you know, get in with everybody else. It's kind of like now where the, everybody's trying to figure out what the fuck to do after the pandemic. I shouldn't even say after, but, you know, post-lockdown, people are just meshing back into society. Yeah. Pivoting, if you will. I will. <laughs> <laughs> so she's back in England and all, right? And, um, it's the late 1600s and middle to late 1600s. Did she, did she bring Frederick with her? Excellent question. Her and Frederick had a little falling out. Oh, no. That happens. Yeah. That happens. They had a little falling out when she was to leave the prison. You know, he was going to miss her, and she basically was using him for his money, so. Understandable. Yeah. I mean, you know, a girl's got to do what a girl's got to do, so. (laughs) Farewell, Frederick. Farewell, Frederick. The new kids novel, right? So she was quietly writing in England while all of this stuff was happening. And she actually wrote a play that debuted for our friend King Charles II. So apparently he was, he liked the theater and she, you know, still had his ear from before. So she wrote this play and it debuted for him. And that's what really kicked off her as being an infamous writer as well. So the other part, which we also learned in a previous what I had heard was episode, was around this time, women were not allowed to be actors on stage. So the fact that there was a female playwright 
even though women weren't allowed on stage, is huge. Huge. And still making an impact. Yeah. And the other groundbreaking thing about Afro Ben is that the content of her writing was it, it focused a lot on gender identity and sex and eroticism and things that really were thought to be not topics women should talk about. So uh, like her plays and her poetry was full of sex and people criticized her for this. And some people think that she wouldn't have been criticized if she were a man. Oh, I'm sure that's true. Uh, Marquis de Sade. Mm-hmm. Hello. <laughs> that asshat, you know, was all about, <laughs> I mean, he's the one that created the, the terminology, you know, um, sadomasochism. Dick. <laughs> was because of him. I, I'm, I'm paraphrasing. I'm sure I got some of those details wrong. <laughs> well, regardless, she continued to write about it. Good so, for her. Yeah. And she, so she ended up making her living for over 20 years writing about these topics and whatever, you know, whatever else. So one of the reasons why I loved her is because it's like, if at first you don't succeed, try and try, but she didn't, she didn't succeed in what she thought her path was going to be and turned it around and ended up being like this prolific writer. Yeah, that's awesome. That's very cool. And it's, I think like we can't understand now how big of a deal this is because we're looking back on it after it's already done, but in that time. And, and on that same note, soon after Afra Ben passed away, her writing kind of fell out of favor because of this criticism, right? And it was also around the restoration movement around the turn of the 18th century. So they considered her a woman of loose moral character. Just like Ma Barker. Yes. Loose moral character. Mm-hmm. But by the 20th century, her work started to be recognized again and inspiring other female writers. And one of the most famous writers that was inspired by her and really sung her praises was Virginia Woolf. And we know that she's, you know, she's also been behind this huge women writing movement. So she not only embraced her creativity, but also was an example to others. Yeah. That's pretty much all I have. <laughs> That's kick-ass. That's awesome. If you want to know more about Afra Ben, there's been a couple of biographies written about her. The first one is early 1696. There was one about her. And it was called The Memoirs of the Life of Mrs. Ben by a Gentlewoman of Her Acquaintance. Ooh. I love the old titles. Like, they didn't try to make it catchy or anything. Just like, the time I went next door with Frederick, and then he left me because he was too ratty. And I said to him, <laughs> colon, a mouse story. Right. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. There's also a really great uh, Stuff You Missed in History class podcast episode about this if somebody wanted to know more that's what i'm talking about beautiful excellent the more you know the more you know yeah yes do you have an everyday badass for us i do i actually have one who is local to us here in Cincinnati. I got this from the Cincinnati Enquirer's article that it says, uh, 
Meet the Enquirer's 2021 Women of the Year. Insert celebratory music here. I'm starting with the man in the mirror. I'm asking him to change his ways. I've had that stuck in my head all day, so I'm glad to have the opportunity to get it out. And now we will have it stuck in our heads for the rest of the night. So thank you. You're welcome. (laughs) Forever. Uh, So we're going to highlight Carolyn L. Muslumi. Yes. Uh, As the article is written, says... With her own quilts telling complex stories around her African-American heritage and contemporary experiences, Carolyn is a strong advocate for presenting and documenting African-American quilts. Dedicated to the advancement and entrepreneurship of African-American quilters, many of whom are seniors, Ms. Lumi has been involved in the economic development of women through the arts for over 20 years. Nominators said her organization, the Women of Color Quilters Network, has been recognized by the International Labor Department in Geneva and the United Nations for its developmental programs to help advance women. So that's pretty badass. Yeah, it is. Another creative woman paving the way for others. Damn. Exactly. And uh, a lot of historical quilts. There's a lot of great television, movies, books, stories about uh, African-American quilters and how they would piece these together and they would tell stories and express themselves and just the depth of creativity of personal expression, as well as bringing bits and pieces from various parts of their lives into each quilt. Um, There are museum exhibits uh, around the world that house quilts that are made by various African-American women throughout the years. And I hope that COVID, if anything like positive comes out of COVID, it's that people start to go back to those roots of creativity. You know, I know people are doing more with their hands. People are probably spending more time at home with their own families. They can pass along historical stories and traditions. And I I hope that that's maybe one positive thing. Agreed. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Also, Happy Black History Month. Yeah. Absolutely. From all of us here. Is that the appropriate way to recognize it? It depends on which part of Black History you're referring to. There is a lot of happy Black history, but yeah. My intentions are to bring it to the forefront and recognize Black History Month. Yes. And I'm so glad that you incorporated somebody who's doing amazing things that needs their story to be told. Yeah. Thank you. I completely agree. Excellent choice. I think that just kind of happened to happen. Um, That was not intentional, but yes, I'm all about it. The universe made it so. (laughs) I'm all about Black history every month. So (laughs) Yeah. You got to make sure that you don't just celebrate one month out of the whole year, the 11 other months, you're an asshole. Right. That's not the way it works. Yeah. Speaking of assholes, if you haven't already, you need to go on Spotify and iTunes and rate us and give us five stars. Give us five of those brown winky stars. <laughs> That's right. Beautiful. Hey, Jennifer. Hey, Diane. Do you have a misconnection? Yes, I do. I bet you would like to hear it, wouldn't you? <laughs> <laughs> Ever, you know. <laughs> okay. Today's misconnection 
from Craigslist is called Naked Dumpster Diver. (laughs) (laughs) I already love it. It was a magical experience if I've ever had one. Walking up and down the back alleys looking for something, anything to make me feel alive. And I noticed some old thrown out adult DVD covers in the dumpster of a local store. I couldn't believe my luck, but knew that with the clothes on my back being my only possession in the world, that I couldn't risk soiling them. I removed my exterior garments and jumped into the metal bin to begin digging for treasures of a masturbatory nature. (laughs) That's when I stood up and saw you were holding your trash bags. It was obvious that you weren't expecting me as you took out the daily trash from your work. Oh, no. You were standing there looking perplexed, yet intrigued. And there I was wearing nothing but sneakers, standing in your dumpster (laughs) while holding placards of all the dirtiest new adult DVD releases. (laughs) Oh, it was a sight to behold. Your eyes met mine and there was an awkward silence before you turned and walked the other way. I'm sure you felt the same thing I did. (laughs) You were the porn store employee wearing the yellow shirt. I believe you're the manager. And I, of course, was the naked 30 something with a few good teeth. A few good teeth. No. (laughs) Please respond ASAP as my data on my Obama phone expires in two days. And that, my friend, is a true misconnection. The problem is like we think this is hilarious but it could 100% be real probably is I used to work at a a bar up in Cleveland it no longer exists it was a tiny little bar we had a lot of regulars come in one of our regulars was Fred Fred's a schizophrenic and when he was off his meds he would get very creative with his wardrobe and ensemble because he would basically go dumpster diving And whatever it was that he decided was shiny or pretty or whatever, he would just put it on. So he would create these like crazy bandoleros of trash and plastic bags tied into ropes with like dangly bits of old food or whatever. Like it was just ridiculous, but also like very impressive and avant-garde, you know? So one day I'm closing up the bar, close up everything. I got a bag of trash and taking it out to the dumpster. I go to throw it in and Fred pops out, which scared the shit out of me. At three o'clock in the morning in Cleveland, I'll just let you know that. And so Fred pops out. I'm like, Fred, what the fuck are you doing in the dumpster? And he was like, oh, you guys got some good stuff in here. And I was like, I know we do because I put it in there. Get the fuck out of the dumpster. And so he hops out and he gives me a high five and he walks on. So, so yeah, that stuff happens. The moral is be nice to your dumpster men. (laughs) Yes. Yes. No, Fred was great. I had no reason to not be nice to him. He was a, an amazing individual, and I hope that wherever he is, he is doing well. Be kind to your dumpster men, lest they get naked. <laughs> that was beautiful. Yeah, it was, wasn't it? It makes me believe in romance. Yeah, I'm rooting for them. Yeah. I am going to read you a review of a sex toy. Yay! For your rating pleasure. This is a verified purchaser, five stars, and it's titled Buy If You Want an Exorcism. What? Oh shit. <laughs> Gonna exercise the demons. 
Okay, so I bought this for my girlfriend because I really don't like giving her head. It's nothing against her. I just don't like doing it. So I saw this and thought that she would like the sensation of both penetration and oral stimulation at the same time. Didn't have high hopes for this due to the price and expected it to be pretty weak, but I tried it nonetheless. It was a little tricky at first, trying to find a position that worked for the both of us. But when we found it, it was go time. So I slid in, she turned it onto the first setting and we got going. After about 30 seconds, she pressed the toy down and, well, I can't remember the rest. Apparently, she instantly came that hard that her legs kicked out, hit my jaw, I went flying back and landed on the radiator. She thought she had killed me. <laughs> oh my gosh. All in all, after a few paracetamol, a frozen bag of peas on my jaw, it's a good toy. If you're going to use it with your partner, I suggest that you wear some form of riot gear to protect you from any physical damage that may occur. Yours truly, a damaged boyfriend. <laughs> That's we've taken one for the team, bro. After this, you're gonna have to send me a private message with the name of that toy in it. For sure. Yeah, why don't you share it with the rest of us? Well, this particular one is the Lovkiss Oral Stimulation Massager Tongue Licking Vibration Toy for Women with seven speeds. Women's waterproof clitoral massager, nipples, suction, stimulator, purple. I don't I don't think I can Google that. Yeah, you can put it on Amazon. <laughs> Amazon. Actually, I can just give you something on a different website that's exactly the same thing. I'll vouch for it. <laughs> Do you think that we could get a sponsor, like a clitoral toy sponsorship that would want to sponsor this podcast? That we just talk about their toys all the time. Yeah. Yeah. I'm completely fine with that. Yeah. Yeah. I'm here for it. You can email us at what I had heard was at gmail.com. I think we need to work on that. Or what's the Tupperware version of sex toys? You know, those Tupperware parties? I just heard it. I was at the pharmacy. Uh, Pure Romance. Yeah, we could get a pure romance person and they could come on here and we could tout all their stuff and they get a little cut of something. See, it's women helping women. Let's talk dildos. Let's. Well, that was fantastic. <laughs> Ladies, for two weeks, I have been waiting to hear a motivational or inspiring quote from you, Anna. And now I ask you to fulfill that. Well, the great thing about these is that they are from Ms. Betty White beautiful and so i was inspired by the misconnection so i chose this gem where she says all creatures must learn to coexist that's why the brown bear and the field mouse can share their lives in harmony of course they can't mate or the mice would explode she's not wrong of course yeah so you can live in harmony but don't fuck the field mouse frederick frederick betty white knew about frederick way ahead of time check her out yeah a woman before her time. Yeah. Can you imagine her, her journey too? I mean, I know there's like biographies and stuff about her autobiographies, but just her journey of being such an amazing woman actress through all this time. And like, can you imagine how many people hit on her and wanted her to like do them favors and stuff? Yeah. 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 She, she knew about some closet. Uh, she knew about some skeletons in a closet. A hundred years too, like a hundred years of douchey dudes that would suck i bet she's got some stories or she did yeah unless she's gonna go down like 
Mark Twain, who wrote an autobiography that wasn't allowed to be published until 100 years after his death because he was talking mad shit about all of his family and friends. <laughs> I kind of love that. You know, he was he was kind of a dick. Like, the stuff you hear about him. I mean, whether it was just or not, I don't know. But he was a little bit of a douche. But he wrote some good stories. He did indeed. He did indeed. And as a show, we encourage everybody to read at least one band book a week. If you can, it can be a children's book. Read it to your kids. I love that. It should be reading your kids. I'm reading a book right now, and I can't remember the name of it. I'll have to get it for our readers. But it's a murder mystery of... Actually, it's not really a mystery. It's just about a serial murderer who's female, and she kills every time she has her period. Yeah, I'm not sure how I feel about it, but... I'd like your review when you're done. Okay. It was written by a man in the 70s. Yep. Oh, in the 70s? Yeah. Yep. That makes sense. Oh, that explains. Yep. Okay. Mm. (laughs) Well, that's a thing. Yeah, I mean, people who get their periods are just going to start serial killing. Pow, pow, step, step. Other murdery things. Squirt, squirt. <laughs> I, I use that sound a lot for many different things. <laughs> yeah, you do. Well, you got a lot of practice at it, so. Hey. Oh. <laughs> hey that was nice. <laughs> Sorry. I want to apologize for that one. That was beautiful. <laughs> this week, our trailer is from a show called This May Offend You. As per the name, This May Offend You. Hello, I'm Rando, and I'm one of the hosts of This May Offend You podcast. On this podcast, we talk about whatever pops in our heads. Sometimes it's genital mutilation we have endured, man shits, and man stuff. Also, we ignorantly throw our opinions around about current events. Huh? So, if you want to feel better about your own level of intelligence (laughs) and laugh at two guys having unfiltered conversations that may upset you or your liberal world friends, go ahead and listen to This May Offend You. We're on Spotify, CastBox, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, and, you know, a few others. We can't wait to upset you there. Damn, I love the smell of freedom. Excellent. And next week, I will present to you a story of a badass woman. Wee! You'll have to wait and see what it will be. Ladies, is there anything you'd like to say? Join us next week. Excellent. What I had heard was we are out of time and we will see you next week. (laughs) 